This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. Hello and welcome to Exvangelical. I'm your host, Blake Chastain. My guest this week is Ashley Hill. Ashley has worked in the nonprofit sector here in the Chicago area for the past several years and has also received her master's in gender studies from DePaul University right here in Chicago as well. In this conversation, we talk about how her experiences working in shelters and with at-risk women has changed and informed her perspective on gender, race, and sexuality. She shared her work on a couple of websites, including a fracturedlife.com, which is listed in the show notes, that details a lot of her research and her experiences. This is a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. As always, you can support the show by leaving an iTunes review. Rating and reviewing the show helps people more helps more people find it, and I always appreciate that. June has been a pretty dry month as far as reviews go, so feel free to leave some for the show in iTunes. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Pod, as well as Anchor, which is sort of being billed as the Snapchat for audio. Um... And there is where I'll be working on some more short-form material material for you in the coming month or so, over at anchor.fm slash exvangelicalpod, or in the app that's available for iOS and Android. As I announced last week, the Exvangelical Facebook group is now open to anyone. Just go ahead and search for it on YouTube, and we'll work for you to get added and approved. And finally, you can follow me on Twitter at BRChastain. All right, everyone, let's get into it. everybody, welcome back to Exvangelical. I have with me this week, Ashley Hill from afracturedlife.com. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we were able to talk. Um, well, let's just start from the beginning. Where, where are you from? And, uh, and yeah, let's just start there and, and see where it leads. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Fairfax, Virginia, which is right outside of Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up there. I went to college in Pennsylvania at Messiah College, and uh, after that, I moved back home for a little bit, or to Virginia for a little bit, and then um, I worked, and then I decided I wanted to, uh, I had kind of like a, a, um, I guess like change, like a come to Jesus moment about Mm. uh, how I wanted to be in the world, and I uh, moved to Chicago to do a year-long volunteer program uh, on the west side of Chicago, um, and I have been in Chicago since then, and that was eight, eight or nine years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. fellow Chicagoan. Yeah, <laughs> great. I'm in Chicago. Yeah, great. Um, so let's un- let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Your your time in Virginia. Um, let's let's start there. Uh, what was was your was your family a church going family and was that something mm-hmm. that had been part of your life for a long time yeah yeah i grew up going to church um i think my parents starting to started to go to church more regularly when they had kids um which i'm sure is pretty normal for a lot of people mm-hmm. um with christian backgrounds uh we went to a evangelical and uh a, a evangelical church and a baptist church i think um, so grew up going to church, 
and then I also went to a private Christian elementary school. Um, I'm trying to, I like listening to your other podcasts. I'm thinking of all of these, like, uh, kind of intense experiences people had as children. And I didn't really have any of those. (laughs) Like, you know, I like went, I went to, um, you know, private Christian school and there's a lot I could say about that, but it was like, wasn't a bad experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we went to a few different churches. Um, I don't, I, I bounced around a little because I couldn't really find a youth group that I connected to. Yeah. Um, and so I tried out some of those. I kind of have a little bit of a history of like going to a church for a few years and then getting connected to a small group and then like not going to the church and then just going to the small group <laughs> and then like only kind of being connected to the church and then like something in the church happens and I'm like, wait, what happened? And then, <laughs> you know, everyone's talking about the drama at small group and I'm like, I have no idea what anyone's talking about. Um, so that's, yeah. So yeah, d- definitely grew up in Christian spaces, went to a few, you know, Christian conferences, youth Christian conferences growing up. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> Went to Messiah College uh, for my undergrad. And what um, is that? I'm, I'm not familiar with. Does that have a, a denominational affiliation? Yeah, uh, Brethren in Christ. Okay. So as far as Christian colleges go, Messiah is pretty uh, quote unquote liberal. Um, you know, <laughs> that's uh, a sliding scale, I'm sure. <laughs> it is a sliding scale on on different subjects too, right? So like, mm-hmm. we'll talk about race and nonviolence, but like really poor on sexuality and like, okay on gender, like, you know? Yeah. Um, did I have a lot of, um, just campus rules as far as the things you could watch or the things you could do or the dorms you could be in and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, uh, there's no drinking while you're enrolled there. Uh, you could smoke off campus. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean like, you know, liberal. So, uh, <laughs> Their dorms were, um, they had like women's and men's dorms and then um, dorms that were like every other floor, women and men, and then apartments that would have like four apartments on one floor and it could be like two of men and two of women. So, mm. um, did you have like, did you have open, open dorm hours yeah. or? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like four on the floor week. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, that was a pretty good experience for me too, especially hearing uh, a lot of horror stories from people who went to evangelical schools um, of uh, not everyone who went there had a great experience. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I met a lot of people who are really meaningful to me and like Mm -hmm. who I'm still really close to. And that's how I like the lens that I try and see things through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely fair. I mean, some of, some of my closest friends today are the people that I met at my Christian school, even though yeah. I had a very mixed experience. Um, yeah. Culturally, I did not enjoy it like on the macro level. But then yeah. my courses, my professors, my my group of friends, that stuff I've kept with me forever. So, yeah, yeah I know some people just are, are absolutely miserable, but... But there yeah. is, again, to bring back that sliding scale. I mean, there's definitely that there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting because when I was at Messiah, I wasn't – so I am I work in the uh, Christian justice world now. I have been really interested in uh, 
social justice issues for the past maybe 10 years. Mm -hmm. But while I was at Messiah, I was like not interested in it at all. But that uh, for a Christian college, Messiah is pretty pro-justice, pro-peace studies, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. So looking back, I'm like, oh, I don't, I, that totally missed me while I was there. Hmm. And as far as how would you describe Messiah and the, both as an administration as well as the uh, student populace as far as um, political either affiliation or expression? Um, yeah. Because for a, lot of, for a lot of Christian colleges, it's, I mean, it's just like a GOP training facility. <laughs> like, yeah, I um, think, uh, I mean, I was definitely a lot more conservative than I am now when I was at Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say when I was there, it felt pretty mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had like college Republicans and college Democrats, which mm. which I'm finding is a rarity in the in the Christian college yeah. world. Yeah, it, it um, actually is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> both represented. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I I think it might be different. I'm only you know familiar with alumni now. I haven't interacted with Messiah much since I graduated from there. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, the school, um, a few things came out about LGBTQ students being treated really poorly mm-hmm. um, and a lot of violence, uh, kind of like secret violence coming uh, mm. against them. Um, I, I'm not sure how bad it was, but a lot of alumni kind of pulled away and we're like, I'm not, I'm not interested in being a part of this school until all of this is taken care of. Um, and I'm not sure that the administration really knew what to do with that. Again, like you can be good on, uh, some parts of justice and not other parts of justice. So after that happened, I, I, uh, asked <clears throat> every time I had communication with them, I said, I'm, I'm not interested in you know, donating or visiting the school until um, things like this are resolved. So, um, if you don't mind un- unpacking that a little bit, um, <laughs> this the secret violence is this something where they were, ex- where LGBTQ people were were being harassed or or there was some reports of that. To be honest, I can't a hundred percent remember what was happening, mm-hmm. but thinking back about my friends' experiences who were or are queer Mm -hmm. um, going to Messiah, I mean, it's just swept under the rug. Like, uh, there's all these people there who are gay and everyone knows it, but, like, no one talks about it or, uh, you know, or is affirmed or is... Yeah. 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 Um, I have a feeling that's probably a a common thing for... Christian colleges, you, um, to have a, basically a don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah, definitely. In effect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this, yeah. So the school's rules are, uh, heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Um, but since it is maybe a slightly more liberal school, I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to see what the student body uh, is like there now, like mm-hmm. what the type of push against the administration is. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Huh. And that, that's just, that's such a huge question. I'm not, <laughs> or like a huge issue too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, 
it's, it's hard to hard to know where to where to go with with that particular line of questioning. Yeah. Like, yeah, and because it's yeah. What's the role as an alumni who's not involved? I like I don't have a role. Like I have a role in being affirming and standing up for LGBTQ people in my community here, mm-hmm. in my friendships, uh, in the broader world that I work in. Mm-hmm. Like what what's my role as an uninvolved alumni? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's difficult to that's definitely difficult to parse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. um so you so you did have an overall um an overall positive experience there at Messiah. Yeah, it's pretty okay. uh it's pretty positive. I yeah, I wish I could think of anything that really stuck out to me. I, when I was listening to your episode on purity culture, and I was like, I mean, that was fo- focusing on experiences at Moody, which is totally different. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, I, I, you know, I did have uh, like a few interactions with men uh, looking back where I was like, oh, that is, uh, if someone said that to me now, like I wouldn't stand for it. I would just stop talking to that person or I would yeah. laugh away, you know? Um, but it seems heightened or appropriate at the time. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is a part of like being in my twenties and like navigating romantic relationships. And now I'm like, no, no, it is not. Like, that, was, <laughs> that was, uh, like inappropriate for someone to talk to me that way. Yeah. Um, so, so you've been as you mentioned you you've been sort of inculcated in in christian culture church um christian education for a long time and it wasn't necessarily um to to your point there there wasn't any anything that that you felt um was particularly negative or or mm-hmm. or traumatizing is that is that a correct sort yeah. of okay. mm-hmm. character that's a correct character okay yeah um you also mentioned though that that you had a, a sort of a, a big come to Jesus moment or something where you yeah. felt some sort of larger conviction um, yeah. around your faith and how it was lived. Um, yeah. So let's let's move into that and and hear a little bit about what what that entailed and where that led you. Yeah. Um, so I was working probably. I guess I was twenty four. I was working at a nonprofit uh, that supported golf managers, golf club managers. Um, and okay. I, yeah, that's in, that's, <laughs> I, I, that's yep, int- I was, I was doing all of their magazines and uh, newsletters and stuff like that. Um, so I was working there. I was pretty, I was not happy uh, there at all. Um, and a friend of mine was a youth pastor at the time and was taking a group of uh, teenagers to um, Tennessee to do like a week long volunteer. Oh, like a um, red, red bird or something. Yeah. 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 And um, they really, she really needed a, uh, another chaperone. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have time off, but I just was like, I like got to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> and she needed help. So I talked, I uh, went with her and um, so we drove all the way to Tennessee to Memphis um, and I was just, you know, like hanging out with these teenagers, like sleeping in a church, like, uh, helping cook meals, like not really doing anything except being, a, uh, an adult there. And, yeah. uh, 
driving them around and they were, they were volunteering, uh, building, they were building a deck on the back of a pastor's house, which now that I work in like the Christian volunteer world, I'm like, that guy did not need any help. He was just like, this group (laughs) is coming through. I'm going to get them to build a deck and they're going to be real excited that they're helping like the kingdom of heaven. Right. (laughs) Like, so they like build a deck and then they helped with a, um, like a vacation Bible school, uh, Mm -hmm. and kind of like babysitting, uh, thing in a trailer park. So, um, it was run through another organization that would just, that had leaders there like all summer. And then they would just cycle groups through. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were there and we would, uh, they were doing like, you know, like, like little Bible stories and like playing with the kids and stuff. Um, And I remember there was this kid there. Well, first I learned that everyone in the trailer park is like on a a week to week uh, rent. And I had never, I had never heard of anything like that before because I'm from upper middle class, uh, Northern Virginia where everyone owns something, you know? Yeah. Um, So to hear people are paying like week to week or month to month rent, I was like, what? Like, I don't, I, I didn't know that people, uh, could be thinking all the time about where am I going to be, where are me and my kids going to be living? Um, and then I remember there was this kid there that had a, uh, he had fallen and hit his head on a rock and it like split his head open and his, his parents, uh, I'm not sure what their circumstances are looking back. Uh, I assume they just like couldn't get medical help. And now I'm thinking they might've been undocumented. Um, mm. They uh, like did their own medical care and just like wrapped his head up in a bunch of gauze and he's like running around playing. And I, it like hit me really hard. I was like, that, like I have no idea about the world. Like this kid is, doesn't have what he needs. And he's like, this is normal to him. Um, <clears throat> that really like that really sticks out to me, the memory of that kid. Um, Hmm. so I was there, uh, hanging out and helping for a while. And then I went back to my job and I was just like, Oh my God, like, how am I supporting golf club managers? Like what, (laughs) what am I doing? And like, I don't know if you've ever had a job where you're sitting there and you're just like, I could literally run screaming out of here. Like I cannot, (laughs) function in this role anymore and like that's how I was feeling in the job and then mm-hmm. also I'm uh like thinking about this experience that I had uh and trying to process it and having no real uh avenue to process it in and I was just like I have like got to do something else um and like get like get my shit together <laughs> uh and so I just started like googling like year-long volunteer programs, like year-long Christian uh, volunteer programs, like service programs, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And this program mission year came up uh, and I picked them because they had the most legit looking website, to be honest. And uh, (laughs) I applied um, and uh, I got in and I applied like a year early. So I spent a year um, like, uh, I guess like asking myself some more questions and reading some more books and thinking like, I don't like, 
how come I've always been in church and like no one told me like this sound is going to sound nuts, but I'm like, why have I always been in church? And like, no one told me that people like pay rent month to month or week to week. You know, I was just like, what? That seems really important. Um, So I spent a lot of time reading uh, and processing things. Um, And then I I read uh, uh, the quintessential like evangelical justice book uh, by Shane Claiborne. Uh, um, Was it the Jesus Revolution or the what is that? I can't remember. Well, I, I, Irresistible Revolution. The Irresistible Revolution. Yes, I there like we go. <laughs> read, I see that book every day at work, and I blanked on it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I read it, and it like kept me up at night. Like mm-hmm. I I was just like what is what like <laughs> what like what uh what have i been like thinking and believing like all of these things are like uh jesus wants you to treat people uh like they're equals and like we all deserve the same things and um uh, like what does it really mean to be like an actual neighbor to somebody and um, what are all the things that exist in the world that we don't know about um, and we just carry on without knowing and now um, you know now I look at that book and I'm like oh, like <laughs> I, I'm like far away in my you know beliefs uh, surrounding those types of books mm-hmm. but that was really formative for me um, to like read a new thing yeah yeah. Um, so I, that was kind of a year of discernment and like, uh, not, I don't know that I have ever been in a place where I've questioned, um, beliefs, uh, but my beliefs have like, uh, like transformed and I've just asked a ton of questions while they're transforming. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever like, do I really believe that Jesus raised from the dead? I'm thinking like, uh, what does it really mean to be a good neighbor? And then like a year later, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if the resurrection was real or not. You know, it's just like a, <laughs> like yeah. a sidebar to all these other questions. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So I <clears throat> moved to Chicago and I worked at a women's shelter on the West side. Um, and that was really, uh, tri- uh, formative as well. Well, I had this one thing going on where I'm, like 25 and I had left like a pretty good job and uh now I'm like working at this shelter and I'm like making no money and uh I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm also living um in a house with with a bunch of other people who don't really know what they're doing but they're trying to be good people in the world um and so I'm like holding that in one hand and then I'm like uh just got thrown into working this shelter um, with all of these women who are like so different from me. And I'm like, I don't know anything about them. Like I'm trying to connect with them and I'm just like, uh, like another white lady volunteer, you know? Um, so I was there for a year and the first few months, like just really rang me through the ringer. I was like, I would like me and my housemates (laughs) would like cry every single day. I'd be like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to like have control over this what's going on in this shelter if like I'm it's like such a joke to these women you know yeah uh, and they don't like I don't deserve their respect you know um 
So <clears throat> that was really formative in thinking about like how people see me as a white woman trying to do good things in the world. Like that I don't, I don't deserve uh, people's respect necessarily just because I'm trying to do good things because a lot of people who have tried to do good things have like really messed things up and uh, taken things from people uh, yeah. and been, and not been dependable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, after I'd been there a few months, like I kind of got in a groove. Um, I connected with a lot of the women more. Um, and I, I like, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about, uh, how women exist in the world. Um, <clears throat> And things they, like, deal with and, like, things that happen that I'm still, like, replaying in my mind, you know, um, as I learn more about the world. Um, but that was, yeah, that was one of the most formative experiences of my life in learning about the world and also about myself. I remember, like, one, I had gotten particularly close to this woman um, who was living at the shelter. Uh, her name, uh, maybe I won't say her name. Um but she, uh, I had like been going through this thing where I was feeling like I'm, uh, like I'm an unapproachable person. And also like, I'm like loud and brash and like, no, like no one wants to be around me. Like, you know, internalizing that maybe just like as a woman in the world, you know? Um, and I remember this woman came up to me and she was like, I just want to tell you that I, I think you're, you're a really kind person and you're really approachable and, uh, you're, uh, like I like when you come to work every day. And I was like, what? Like to have someone who you're trying to help and like serve in the world come to you and like give you a real gift like that is like, what? Like, no, you know, I guess yeah. in my, for- in my former life, I would have been like, this person needs me to like, give them uh, sanitary napkins and a turkey out of the back of a bus, you know, but instead she like gave me this really important thing. Um, wow. Yeah. And there's no, and that's just like one example, but like that, uh, like, I think that was a real example of um, like uh, equity, like someone uh, like, I felt like we were on the same, we were like the same and I'll, I mean, not the same, but like that she could come to me and say something like that to me was really important. Mm. Um, would you mind uh, explaining what you mean by equity a little bit more? Because I, uh, I, I, one thing that going jump jumping up ahead a little bit um, through your <laughs> website is you you do do a lot in sort of defining terms. Um, yeah. And I think that's I think that's a really good thing, especially d- dependent upon the audience. Yeah. Um, but within this context, you have uh, you're you're working in a you're working, volunteering in a place that's serving mm-hmm. a, a woman that's in need, a f- another woman that's in need. Yeah. Um, what and you receive something from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's in that particular context. What I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> Uh, what what equity means yeah. to you to you in that in that particular sense? I, yeah, I'm I'm not trying I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I'm actually very very yeah, interested in that's a good question. A, I think in that situation, it it was like there was like this fairness in like she 
I felt like she was coming to me and like, like giving me something that she saw of me that was, uh, like, she didn't have to give me that. She could have been like, um, she could have just been like, I am here to like have a bed to sleep in and Mm -hmm. eat something and like take a shower and like there, there, she doesn't have to talk to me at all, you know? Yeah. But instead she, uh, she, you know, chose to like enter into a relationship with someone who's like really different, you know, she's like a 50 something year old homeless black woman who had Mm. struggled with addiction and I'm, we're like totally different. Yeah. Um, but she still like perceived this, like this emotional need that you had in the moment and while you were meeting a different need that she had. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, like that was powerful and a spiritual moment. And I, um, I don't know that there had been room or an understanding of moments like that in my life before that time. Hmm. It was, uh, like, would you, like, where would you place a moment like that in, uh, you know, growing up in evangelical culture? Like it, it, I don't know where it fits or if I would recognize it as equitable and spiritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is fair because a lot of, evangelical stuff is about categorization and fitting it into Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Um, i i don't have the answer to that yeah (laughs) i don't i don't think i don't think there is one (laughs) yeah um so so this this program takes takes a year um so you, Mm -hmm. you serve this entire um you serve your entire, um, do they call it a term or a year of service or yeah, like a year of service. Yeah. Volunteer year. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you, you come out of that experience changed in a, in a number Uh of significant ways. Um, just moving the story along a little bit of, uh, of, of your experience. What, where does that lead you next? Do you, cause you, before when you were 24, you were in a job, you couldn't stand 25 uh-huh. you go through this harrowing but but developmental experience yeah um on what happens on the other side of of mission year yeah so i was at the women's shelter for a year um and that started that got me thinking about a lot of thing, things i don't know that i was necessarily interested in women's issues or gender mm-hmm. issues before that at all um, but I started noticing a few things working at the shelter, like, uh, this is a women's shelter, but there's a lot of other things going on here that we aren't talking about, like like racial issues and issues of sexuality and, um, uh, like, why can't we get tampons donated, <laughs> you know? And, like, why um, is it, why does sometimes it feel like the men's shelter gets uh, better attention and better food than like the women's shelter, whether or not that that's true or not. Why does it feel that way? Um, questions like that kept mm-hmm. coming up, you know, like why, what, like, what do we, how do I uh, be with a woman who is like experiencing violence outside of the shelter? Like how, what do I do when she comes in here every day and then she like leaves again? Like what's my place in that? Um, so I, I was thinking of some questions like that. 
Um, I decided to stay in Chicago. Um, I was thinking I would probably go back to grad school. Um, and in addition, I started working at a shelter for uh, teen moms. Um, I was kind of like a house parent. Uh, and I was, I probably worked there for about six months before I started grad school, but working um, in that program was a little bit of a continuation of um, working w- at the women's shelter, just mm, different, yeah. another, another layer. Now we have people, there weren't kids at the women's shelter. So now we have young adults who are, um, pregnant yeah. or parenting. And this is bringing up all these other questions, you yeah. know, <clears throat> like there would be women in the shelter who were talking about their kids who were living elsewhere or who were grown or something. But now you have, uh, 17 year olds navigating like how to be a parent and how to be a young adult and like maybe how to be a black woman and how to like think about school and how to like, like all these things, you know, like a whole different set of questions Mm -hmm. um, that I hadn't thought about, but that maybe I thought about a little um, working at the woman's shoulder, but a lot of them I haven't, hadn't thought about at all. Like why do some girls treat their kids one way? Why do some girls treat their girl, their um, kid another way? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that brought up some more questions. I was working all sorts of um, hours there. Uh, I was also the only wh- uh, white staff, uh, like house parent staff, so that um, uh, I was like, just keenly aware of that um, mm. and how I was approaching relationships uh, with girls who have been like, kind of spurned by, spurned by white women, uh, especially in like social work and medical fields. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So navigating that. And then, uh, I decided to go to grad school. Um, I was like asking all these questions, uh, but not really sure what I wanted to do with them. So I, um, enrolled at DePaul university in their women's and gender studies program. Okay. Yeah. And I um, started taking classes there while I was working at the uh, youth shelter as well. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm just r- writing down notes and also, uh, um, yeah, uh, we're both Chicagoans, so DePaul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Um, so, and just out of, again, because this is more of a, a, a local question. Yeah. Um, what, what neighborhood was the, the, the shelter in for, uh, for Lakeview. Oh, okay. So yeah, it wasn't, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a different, totally different neighborhood from working on the West side of Chicago. Yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And you know, we're, well, I'm working at a shelter in like a shelter for mostly black youth in a white gay male neighborhood. And that, you know, brought up, right. Um, yeah. A whole nother set of questions with, a lot of our youth for the first are identify as LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're in a neighborhood that they might perceive as safe because of that, but also it's a white neighborhood and uh, most of the people there don't want them there at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so to, to give the listeners a, a little bit of local detail, mm-hmm. Lakeview is a neighborhood that, um, that has a couple of subsections, including Boys Town, and Wrigleyville, um, 
And so it is a generally more affluent neighborhood overall, and it can be very transient um, mm -hmm. because a lot of people, when they move out of, um, they graduate from college from somewhere, they decide to move to Chicago, and that's one of the top sort of neighborhoods. It's probably changed now to Logan or some other um, mm -hmm. some other hotter neighborhoods like Ukrainian Village or Logan Square. Regardless, it has had that sort of um, billing. Um, and as you said, it's, it is white, very predominantly white. There is um, a lot of there is a lot of gay representation because of uh, Boys Town, but mm -hmm. it is going to be very different than Young and Black. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and DePaul, where where DePaul is, is just south of Lakeview, and another affluent neighborhood called Lincoln Park. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I asked that is and why I asked those questions in this context is because it it's it helps give some some additional mm -hmm. context into the sort of economic and, and other things that um, Chicago as a city can be, is very um, segregated by economics and, and race. Um, it's just, yeah. it's been part of the, um, the history of the city for as long as it's been here. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if you have anything else to yeah. have as an, an, an addendum to that. I just thought um, that would, that's very good information to sort of couch your, your experiences in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then at, at, uh, at your, your gender, st within your gender studies program is, mm -hmm. um, is that the name of the program as well or your, your particular yeah. program? And yeah. Then, so my, my master's program is, or my master's degree is in gender studies. Okay. Uh, so it's its own program there. Um, so I'm in class full time there and I'm working full time, which mm -hmm. I don't recommend for anybody, <laughs> yeah. especially That's not in like, yeah. in a theory, a theory heavy, um, major, uh, while working at, in a social service, like it was uh, like very heightened. Yeah. I <laughs> you can know, imagine. I, yeah, I would try, <sighs> So I would try and uh, do homework and like create a boundary and go to work. But mm -hmm. how can you how can you be learning about the construct and reality of gender and also work in a gender based uh, job? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking all the all the time. I'm like reading things and I'm thinking like, how does this connect to my work? And also at the same time. <clears throat> You know, I'm a Christian. I'm involved in a church. I had gone through a, a Christian year-long service program, and now I'm learning. Now I'm getting a degree in a gender theory that does not connect to those things at all. So <clears throat> in addition to working full-time and going to school full-time, I'm like full-time dealing with a paradigm paradigm shift of like, yeah, here's a uh, um, I'm learning about gender theory. I'm really interested in it. I have a lot of questions. The world that I'm in is a still like pretty evangelical, although a lot more liberal. And they're so I just have my head full of these two theories that don't really match up. Yeah, yeah. at the time I had no no way to connect them at all. Yeah. Um, so I would just I like I remember uh and I was, I'm lucky enough to have several close friends in Chicago who want, you know, who are really supportive and want to talk about this stuff. But I remember, like, during 
uh, or the few classes I had on like trans theory, I would like, I would have to like, in my limited knowledge at, at the time, explain to a friend what uh, being trans meant and then like try and process it through like, like an evangelical lens. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying and I'm definitely not trying to say that like being a hetero cis person is, it's hard to learn about these things. You know, I'm saying like trying to learn a new theory when uh, the theory that you have isn't holding up, like is really difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're sort of, um, to use a very evangelical term, your worldview is sort of under, under yeah. a, like a assault from you got, yeah. <laughs> you got so, the abstract theory and the con- yeah. concrete experience of all these different shelter experiences, uh, and yeah, and then being involved in the evangelical circle and trying to make that all cohere. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, so I'm. I'm involved in a church at the time and I, I was probably going every other week because I would, I would go. And like I said before, my history with church is like being involved and then only being involved in a youth group or yeah. in a um, youth group or small group and then being mm-hmm. like, mm, time to go, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so I am going to this church and I remember sitting there one Sunday and being like, what, what are we talking about? Like, I don't, none of these girls, uh, at the shelter that I'm spending 30 hours a week with, like they can't come here. Like they don't, what, no one's saying anything that's pertinent to them or, or even acknowledging like important parts of their lives. Like it just, it started to be like a really big disconnect for me. Mm. Like how, uh, if you're, what does this, um, you know, multi-ethnic church in Logan Square have to say to like uh, black girls navigating parenthood in a white neighborhood. I don't like that was just in my mind constantly. Um, And I'm thinking like, if that's what I'm thinking about all the time, like how, how am I supposed to connect in this space? It like, it was, yeah, it was really difficult to think, to be thinking of these things and then go to church and just be like, I don't, I don't understand anything the pastor's saying. It's not connecting with me. Yeah. And then also trying to talk to friends at that church and being like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to say because I don't want to explain anything. Cause I just want someone to understand what I'm talking about. You know, right. I felt, I really felt after, you know, being in school for a few months, like I was like the church feminist and uh, people would have like a million questions for me about things. And I just like was really overwhelmed. I was like, I just want to like sit here and eat dinner with everyone. I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about things. I don't want to, um, I don't want to debate whether or not women can like preach or what ega- egalitarianism is. Like, I just, I like, I don't care about those things right now. Hold on me.
like I just don't care about that. Um, Did you feel so, like you those were just um, those were just sort of meaningless concerns, or that you were sort of uh, more like you were in a sense like beyond those questions because you were because you were, like thinking, your questions were up here and that question was yeah I wasn't thinking like I am beyond these things I was thinking like why are we still talking about this like <laughs> are you still like want to ask me the question. Do I think I am able to like pastor people? That's really what you want to ask me? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, or um, like, we're, you know, like there's only so many things you can talk about in terms of gender in uh, evangelical spaces. You can talk about um, marriage, uh, women marrying men. You can talk about um, sex, women having sex with men or not. And you can talk about uh, whether or not women can preach. And I like at, I wasn't caring about any of those things. I was like, uh, but what a like, <laughs> where are these seventeen-year-olds going to get diapers? Like, what <laughs> you know? And yeah. how um, this? You know, uh, one of my clients is <clears throat> has two kids, and she is bisexual, and. Uh, uh, she can't come to the church, you know, like what, there's no space for that, uh, that identity as like young parent and non-binary sexuality, you know? And then, so like in one side of my head, it's like, uh, all of these things going on. And on the other side, people are like, but are women allowed to preach? I'm like, oh my God, like, I, (laughs) I I don't care. Like, I don't care what you think about that. Yeah. So, like, on one hand, I wanted to talk with people about those things. And on the other hand, I was like, I feel like my mind's going to explode. Like, I feel feel really angry about a lot of things that I can't talk about. Um, And I couldn't, you know, in my program, there was a few other Christians, which was helpful, or people with Christian backgrounds. Mm. In my... Um, community and group of friends, I, it felt really lonely. Um, like, uh, you know, being able to talk about some things, but other things just constantly running through my head, um, all by myself, like thinking like, like I would just sit on the bus on my way to school and be like, okay, uh, I'm like thinking about what we had learned in class the day before and knowing like, I can't talk to anybody about this because I'm holding being a Christian with an evangelical background in one hand and being someone who's learning about gender theory in the other hand. And like those things don't go together, but I, so I don't know what to do. And that, like, that was just a constant feeling. Yeah. So carrying those two things and then having people like ask me a lot of questions I didn't want to, talk about <laughs> like <laughs> I remember I remember picking someone up for a, to go to like a dinner or a party and the second he got in the car he was like uh uh have you heard of uh, machismo culture which is Latino uh sexism in Latino culture and I was like oh uh hi uh you're welcome for the ride like I don't <laughs> it was like that so it was just like a yeah so I felt like people wanted to me to be one thing like they wanted to talk about things and I also wanted to talk about it 
on their in their terms. And also, I wanted someone to uh, like talk about queer theory with me. Someone who like had gone through uh, evangelical culture and is now like, uh, there's oh, uh, there's so much more to talk about than like who's allowed to get married, you know? Like, yeah. But there was no room for that. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, that was like four years ago. And I think it's honestly still something that I'm getting over, like navigating that by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, the, things are a lot better now for, um, there's some more resources. I don't want to say things are better. There's some more resources uh, thanks to like the internet and Twitter um, yeah. <clears throat> for Christians talking about gender and sexuality constructs. But mm-hmm. four, five years ago, I was like, like I couldn't find anything except like some books, you know, I couldn't find anyone to talk to. Yeah. Um, especially anyone who I wanted to talk to someone, but I didn't want to like, again, be like a white cis hetero woman like I wanted to know my place and not like blast all my questions over people who always have white cis hetero women like blasting them with questions you know <laughs> yeah 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 um I, one of my prior guests I think did did frame it as someone as a as a person of color and someone uh and as a gay person uh he he framed it as like people don't necessarily want to be your project <laughs> like yeah. and that's absolutely fair um yeah. uh he was very gracious in his response and also said like you know you um there there can there can be some openness if there's a relationship like you can ask um but just be barraging people with questions uh, yeah. yeah um and that's as if as a fellow like white cis hetero person that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a concern as some yeah. someone trying to be um, conscientious of yeah. of your of, yeah. of your sort of societal place of privilege and all that yeah all that stuff um, all that stuff yeah <laughs> I say with, uh, yeah Bringing in some uh, some other sort of personal experience, um, seeing my wife uh, a few years ago become what she, the term that I really love that you said that the the church feminist that's what that's the, uh-huh. the term you said like like that and that was um, sort of a, a role that she was cast in by other people mm-hmm. uh, and like seeing that and again yeah you're right I mean you just get um, typecast as a particular type of person or mm-hmm. like you have to be the person to represent this entire body of belief and these entire people that these mm-hmm. people are evangelicals may be completely disconnected to. Um, yeah. that's, yeah, that is very isolating <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, um, because it, it creates that sort of us versus them or that sense of loneliness that a lot of people as they sort of exit, evangelicalism um, yeah. the feel that's that's 
very common, I think. But it yeah. doesn't make it any less hard. <laughs> like, yeah. At, at in the moment. Um, yeah. So is all these sorts of things uh, that are happening um, in your personal life, is that what um, motivates you to create the, the, um, create the resources that you, that you mm-hmm. put out on, uh, on your website um, and as part of your, your um, graduate work and everything? Yeah. So I, I was working towards doing my thesis. Um, I, I really was trying to stay away from doing something on religion or uh, evangelical culture, but it, I, it kept like drawing me back yeah. <laughs> and I, um, I, I tried to do start, um, a project, uh, that was about, uh, parenting youth, but it like just didn't work out. And so I was like, all right, like I just need to dive on into like a thing that's taking up a lot of my mind. And that is yeah. like, what, how come much like I was feeling, you know, when I left Virginia, like how come no one ever told me these things like how come these things weren't available to me and or maybe I just didn't look for them I didn't know to look for them um whatever so uh I decided to create um a fractured life project which gives people um like a way to try and connect learning Mm -hmm. about gender and all the things that are or not everything some of the things that are connected to gender and reconciling that with, uh, being a Christian. So, um, my website has a lot of resources that like, I wish I, that I read that were really important to me that I wish maybe I had read or had available to me a few years later or earlier. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, has a few examples of like, here are some questions you can ask about, um, things that you're noticing in the world. Like if you are noticing, like this is how um, violence, I'm noticing that violence connects to gender in this way. Like here's some questions you can ask about that. Um, I'm noticing like here is how culture or race connects in gender to, to gender. Here are some questions that I can ask about that or things that I can consider. Um, and so part of it was like making something that I wish that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it was like just getting a lot of stuff out of my head to yeah. be like, put, like putting it, laying it down someplace. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, your, your website is really, uh, a, a very great resource. Um, I, I do want to quote this, um, from your about page, mm-hmm. um, that you say the a fractured life, the website, is a project to promote a holistic consideration of gender and Christianity and is for people interested in doing the same. Um, and then I'm gonna, I'll read the second one and uh, the second sentence as well. Arguably the discourse within evangelical Christian cult Christian churches surrounding gender is simplistic and unconnected to issues of violence, poverty, and race. Uh, this project is for those interested in going beyond selected Bible verses and submission about submission <laughs> And, and conversations that only consider marriage, sexual orientation, and church leadership when gender is addressed. Um, I and I uh, your your website is broken into a number of really helpful uh, different sections, including people to know. Um, one of the things that I I thought was very insightful and very good to have in this particular context is 
um, a glossary of terms. Um, so, um, as far as the conversations that you may have you may have had or that you think should happen within within evangelical circles or mm-hmm. within people that that are are trying to be open minded about this stuff, um, what do you think is helpful about providing those terms, and what are some of the ones that you think are are confusing or um, maybe misrepresented within again within evangelicalism? Mm, yeah. I think uh, having a glossary is important, one, so people who are open-minded can know that things exist, like the word cisgender and the word transgender are not new, and they Mm -hmm. uh, mean certain things. Um, And when I was making this, I was thinking of all the times I've had conversations with people about... uh, gender in the church or women versus men in the church. And someone would say, um, well, you know, like a certain percent of the population, uh, isn't male or female or doesn't identify as male or female female. And someone would say, Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's just continue on with the conversation. Like, like just, okay, that's fine. But those people, uh, we, I don't know how to talk about them. Yeah. Um, so on one hand I'm thinking, if a really small portion of the population exists in this way and Christians are supposed to center the least of these, the smallest number, like why aren't those people the number one people we're thinking about, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And also we can't keep shoving human beings to the side and being like, uh, well, I don't, I don't know what a trans or intersect or gender queer is. So I'm just gonna um, like keep talking about, the same complementarianism versus uh, egalitarianism uh, construct that I know about, and then it'll just be a night, you know, like <laughs> the yeah. end. Um, yeah. So I thought it was helpful to um, just list things out uh, to kind of, for this project, officially say these things are real. Um, we have to be thinking about them. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the sec- what was the second part of your question? Oh, um, uh, you you really did uh, address it uh, okay. pretty well, I think. But just to re- uh, reiterate it or rearticulate it, um, do you think there are any any particular terms that may be um, misused or misrepresented within um, an evangelical context that need to be corrected, or pe- or people that are in um, evangelical circles might not have the right definition of a word in, in their head. Um, so I, I do have, I have a, I have a recent <laughs> example in, in, in yeah. mind, um, which is this article that Russell Moore published in the gospel coalition yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, and he, Russell Moore is supposed, tries to be, or is like trumpeted as being this sort of um, normalizing or, liberalizing force with an evangelical. Yeah. But I'm, been, I'm very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he is, he is not, um, yeah. he's, that's what he's trying to be representative as. Um, but n- there's no fruit there really. Yeah. Um, um, but he, he wrote, um, I think he called it like gender identity disorder or, yeah. 
basically people being confused because about their gender because mm-hmm. uh, you know man created male male and female like sure uh, and these very simple sort of um, definitions of gender uh, yeah. Um, so I have that in my head as yeah. sort of like this thing yeah. that is happening within uh, within evangelical circles in the way mm-hmm. that gender and it was again it was tied specifically to sexuality. Um, yeah. When it is an ind- it, it is from it is an independent portion of someone's identity. Yeah. It doesn't have to tie to their gender expression. Um, all those different. So that's what I have in my head as like yeah. this. This is something that happened like this week. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, so yeah. if there's if there's anything that you see because you've been you've uh, your experiences have positioned you um, in these places where where as a um, as even you know as a white cis hetero person mm-hmm. um, you're still deeply concerned about these people's lives uh-huh. and being uh, supportive of them um, and you you and you're also positioned to see the the construct of evangelicalism as well as uh, as well as the realities that these people live in. So <laughs> I'm rambling a little bit now, um, <laughs> but um, to bring it back, as, uh, do you see anything that's that's worthy of of critique of correction within evangelicalism in any facet of all those things? Yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> I, like I guess my question would be for someone <clears throat> who who feels like like Russell Moore who feels like they have authority to write about something they obviously haven't researched Mm -hmm. is like, where, where did you get that information? Uh, probably from your interpretation of the Bible and not your study of queer theology or, uh, theology done by, um, the people that you're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. did you, did you talk to anybody? Um, did you talk to any of the people that you're writing about? Did you think like what might it be to what might it be like to read an article that's misrepresenting um, someone's gender identity, or even uh, read an article that's about you but you had no input about it? Yeah. And I, I there's this also this idea that uh, feminists and queer and womanist theology are brand new, like they just came about in the past ten years or something, mm-hmm. but none of that's true. And I think every, like, that's something that I see reoccurring in evangelical culture is like, oh, like now all of a sudden people just get to choose their own gender or like now all of a sudden, like, uh, <clears throat> people are uh, talking about sexuality as a spectrum or something like that. And none of those things are new. Uh, we just didn't look for them or we weren't listening for them or we didn't put ourselves in a place to know those things were true. Um, so part of the reason I made this project is I wanted to be like, uh, these things are not old and I really wish that I would have read them 10 years ago and here they are on a website you can go to, like, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's going to help someone who's struggling to figure out, um, what their gender identity is. And if there's a name for what they they know is true about themselves yeah. or someone who. Uh, feels the need to feels the need to write about something they don't really know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in light of all these things that 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 you've researched, that you've worked to provide to uh, 
to in large part an evangelical audience you know this mm-hmm. um these are the people that that you um you reckon you know, like through through your life through your experience you you recognize that this is the background you come from you're in a different place than than where you started uh, and you want to talk to them um wh- where do you how do you how do you feel about the whole <laughs> evangelical enterprise now where do you uh, where are you now as just in in general it doesn't have to be specifically a theological question it's yeah. really just a um uh yeah just just really yeah just really yeah. really where you are um in in the midst of all those things uh evangelical enterprises is, is a really great term um I, I'm, I don't consider myself evangelical anymore. I think what I keep coming back to is that, and why I have trouble going to church for the most part now, is there's like, the evangelical culture is based in proof for things, like proof that people exist. Uh, and that feels, I don't like that feeling. Um, and I, I don't really know how, like how to better explain that. Um, but I, I, when you're interested in gender and sexuality and other justice issues, um, people, you know, some evangelicals are really open to talking to you about them and some of them want to fight with you online about it or in real life. And I, and I, like, I don't want to fight about it anymore. Just like I like don't want to debate whether or not women can like teach or preach anymore. I just want to say like, uh, I just want to say like, there are things available for you if you want to read them or listen to them and learn yourself. Um, and also like all of the people who are struggling with their, to define their gender or sexual identity in the ways they know are true are like, uh, are like watching and listening to that conversation. So the best thing that I can think to do as an advocate is, uh, and a friend is to just be, just be affirming of those people and say, those people are good. And, uh, however you identify is great. Um, yeah. the end, you know, <laughs> I think, right. and I, I feel like most of uh, people who are evangelical, who, not everybody, some people have genuine uh, questions and like want direction. And I am really happy to talk to people like that. Usually people that I already have relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this whole segment of evangelical uh, culture that d- just wants to fight about things, fight for proof and doesn't want to, fight for proof on their own terms and doesn't want to center the people that they're talking about. And I don't like, I want to, I want to center the people that we're talking about. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to fight about whether or not people exist or not in front of them. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good way to put that. I mean, I I haven't heard it put that way, but that is, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's central to a lot of the inability to fairly argue with someone that has yeah. evangelical convictions. Yeah. Um, and I think and I think all, thinking more about 
uh, you know, I work in the Christian world, and uh, even though I work, I work in a, a liberal section of that. Uh, it's still very evangelical, and I, I've worked to set boundaries um, for how I exist in it. But I remember after the Pulse shooting last year. Um, uh, after that happened, just thinking, like going in my, over in my head, my friends who are like dealing, uh, with some things with their family because of their sexuality or people who like just, uh, realized that being genderqueer was a thing they could be, or like, uh, you know, people who just came out like within that month. Uh, like how, how are they seeing everything, all of this that's happening and how are they taking it in? And like, how can I, like, what's my place there? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and getting online and seeing like a lot of people in a lot of, you know, like liberal, uh, evangelical leaders being like, you know, we condemn violence in, uh, any manner praying for pulse victim victims. And I was like, ah, oh, God, damn it. Like just say queer people are wonderful. Like (laughs) say there's nothing wrong with you. And like, no one, like no one should kill you period. Like I just wanted people to say affirming things and not, uh, perform like anti-violence. Yeah. Like, I guess that's it. And I, I think like, that's, that's, uh, how I feel about evangelicalism right now is like, part of it feels performative and uh, I just want evangelicals to say uh, like you're good. I, you exist. I don't need proof. Uh, come over to my house for dinner. Like, you know, yeah. um, and yeah. I, and I think that there is some of that going on, um, but it's not the majority for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, are are you hopeful in any way that that evangelicals will become more tolerant of things like gender expression, or this, or or different uh, non-binary sexual identities or queer identities of any kind? Um, is that um, as, as I mean, far as yeah, as, as far I guess as what I, you guys... I have to be hopeful. <laughs> I don't think, I don't know that it's gonna, I don't know. I mean, I, I might have had a different answer for you post or pre election, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, oh, wait, like this is the person evangelicals elected. Right. What, like, I, uh, I think there are some, like in most things, there are some really good people doing really good work. And I have hope for individuals, but uh, the evangelical enterprise, um, I, you, I mean, you'll get ostracized as you come out uh, supporting, if you come out supporting gay marriage, like, you know, let, like forget mm-hmm. talking about like homelessness and like people, people who identify as no gender, you know, it's, I just feel like we're so far away from uh we're so far away from being as inclusive as we have to be. Yeah. And do you think it's um, just in, in light of your, your, your comments, do you think that, um, do you think that basically 
disengaging is uh, that that to me that's like an open question. Like even in yeah. my own relationships, do you disengage from people that, uh, to your point, just want to argue for proof um, of someone's valid existence that their existence is valid? <laughs> what, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, is, I mean, I think it depends on the day. um like my i wanna if all of my responses are responses that are like uh dignifying to the person or the people that i'm talking about Mm -hmm. uh like i guess that's my answer like is engaging or disengaging the better choice yeah you know Mm -hmm. um for the person i'm talking about um and yeah, and like, if I, if, if I and you and everyone else with that evangelical background, like if we choose to uh, divest and disengage in evangelical culture, knowing it'll always be a part of us, like, what are we going to engage in? Like how, what do we move toward? Uh, you know, I've, I've moved toward through a more liberal Christianity and now I'm kind of moving out of that and I, I'm not really sure where I'm going, but it, mm-hmm. you know, was a great, a really wonderful holding ground for me and like movement for me. But my, I guess my question is if we want a spiritual or religious community, but we want to divest from evangelical culture or from a, uh, churches that we're only at for like two years and then we move on if we want to divest from that structure like where do we go to like how do you how do you find spiritual community outside of the number one place to find spiritual community you know um yeah yeah. evangelicalism is is the walmart of american christianity yeah yeah it's basically (laughs) everywhere Or or McDonald's, I've heard that. Yeah, or you'll be someplace and you're like, this seems okay. And then a week later, you're like, oh, this (laughs) is seeming familiar Yeah, (laughs) for some reason, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think think that is the one of the main questions and the one that we're we're all sort of figuring out together. Yeah. Um, And the only sort of approach that I think is suitable is the one that that you're really emulating here which is to just to do away with trying basically trying to to stay within the tracks like you're being you're being honest with with your evolving beliefs and Mm -hmm. that's i mean to try to try to maintain a particular facsimile of of something you might have believed a few years ago before you got this new information like yeah these new experiences it wouldn't have been sincere it would have been torturous yeah. it, it would yeah. be it would be torturous for you now yeah um so like yeah. wherever this leads you i mean the fact that you're being honest is with yourself and with with the people in your life then that's the most that you can hope for <laughs> yeah yeah um, you can get you can get new information and change your mind and <laughs> yeah. like can keep it moving you know yeah yeah <clears throat> Um. Well, I've I've really enjoyed talking about this. I I feel like you know we 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 still just like scratch the surface of of all these different yeah. topics. Um, 
but to be respective of your time and everything, um, is there anything else that we haven't really uh, touched on that that you think we we should we should mention? Oh man, <laughs> like uh, like like you said, we just scratched the surface. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, my life now and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I already talked about this. Like if you're not invested in the things you've been invested in the, in the past, like how, what do you move on to? Uh, and I, I, um, I still identify as a Christian and I, one of my friends said a few months ago, like, I don't have time to identify as something else. Like <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's so many other things to like do and to, you yeah. know, um, and like I said at the beginning, I don't think I've ever been, my beliefs have shifted naturally and I mm -hmm. have never, you know, like hold up in my room being like, Oh my God, do I believe in God? Or, you know, like what, you know, did Jesus really die on the cross? Like I've never had those experiences, yeah. even though my ideas about what God is, what God means and the character or person of Jesus, Jesus have changed so much over the past 10 years. Yeah. Uh, but it's felt really natural. And yeah. Can you, can you like divest in the intensity of what it means to be a Christian and, and, uh, yeah, I, you know what, I like I remember growing up in, maybe you had this experience too, like growing up in evangelical culture, like there's this idea that like being a, a good person isn't good enough. And yeah. like, <laughs> I, like it is so hard to be a good person, like yeah. to, to set up, to set up, like, to do your own research and think like for me, living a just life and being a good person means like always doing my own research and always trying to be accountable and uh, like always trying to be inclusive. And like, I don't always live up to those things, but they're really hard. And I like, right. all those things are like a good enough Christianity for me, yeah. you know? And uh, like if, and I would also call those things like trying really hard to be a good person. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I think that's, I think what whatever God is in the universe is in the universe is really like happy with that. If God has the ability to be happy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, to to that point, I like for me, like I feel at this point almost like I'm the most materialist I've ever been. But at the same time, I feel like I have better understanding of what God might be <laughs> like yeah uh, and like it's this weird sort of like okay this is I'm see I feel like I'm seeing the world as it is um and not imagining angels not that angels might might exist whatever but like imagining yeah. <laughs> angels that 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 yeah. aren't there you know yeah mm -hmm. um but rather like <laughs> I'm I'm getting really into uh this theologian Paul Tillich because he describes mm. God as the ground of being. And then yeah. that's like his starting place of sorts. Um, so I'm trying to read through a lot of his writing just because it seems resonant for where I am. Um, yeah. Because yeah, there is, uh, I think there is something to the rituals and to the beliefs and to all of that. Um, but the sort of cruft that's built up 
over the last 150 years of American Christianity in particular is like there's some dismantling and some and some deconstructing yeah. and all these different things that uh, I think it is a worthwhile to use the word again enterprise for yeah um, for people uh, coming out of it um, and some people will leave Christianity altogether and some people will stay within it and find a new expression and mm-hmm. both of those are valid <laughs> like yeah uh, and sure. so uh, yeah that's an, certainly an, an open an open question for me too uh, and the, I'm very edified and and thankful to be able to talk to people like you that uh, that are asking similar questions or have mm-hmm. a different um, perspective or a different emphasis um, than the one that I have right now. Um, yeah. And to me, that's the wonderful thing about things like podcasts, things like Twitter, like just you, you can become uh, exposed in a way that you might not, mm-hmm. um, you might not have been able to before, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I don't think that's an, that's, uh, an answer is, uh, so much as like, uh, an encouragement of sorts, I guess. Yeah. Like, like you know, like, uh, there, and you're not, you weren't like, you may have felt alone before, but uh, especially as you were, you felt isolated within evangelicalism, but you're mm-hmm. not alone. And, and, yeah. uh, in in your questions or in your desire for something different or um, dare I say authentic, which I won't. I didn't say authentic because yeah. <laughs> that's a buzzword. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think one of the most uh, I don't remember if this was written in my. I think I wrote this on another blog, but I think real, realizing that you're like you're never uh, the first person to believe something mm-hmm. or. The, or the first person to unbelieve something or like think something is new and then realize it's been around for 2000 years. Like like you're never the, or the first person to think that you identify in a certain way. Uh, even if it feels that way, like you're a hundred percent, not the first person. Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, that's a huge comfort that, (laughs) that is just, uh, thankfully there. (laughs) So, um, well, Ashley, thank you so much for, for talking with me. Where can people find you online? Where can they find your, your, your project and else, any other writings you might have out there? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at A S H L E I G H F H I L L. Uh, my website is a fractured life.com. And then uh, if anyone wants to talk, you can contact me through there. Um, I also have a a Tumblr that I I just thought of this. I have a Tumblr that I kept during grad school. can't find it now i think it's of course i can't find it now uh (laughs) (laughs) sorry i can put it in the show notes yeah it's uh if anyone is interested in general gender studies i i did a project called uh your very own gender studies degree and it's just uh like 10 to 20 mini lessons about uh or like ideas more definitions more stories uh things i was learning during grad school so maybe you 
uh, are not super interested in, you know, gender and religion, but you're interested in um, the history of gender studies. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, send that to me later, uh, the URL, and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really wonderful. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Why did you separate me from the Miles high and steel or nuclear. The forests of Borneo and wire water in your mouth. I don't want your future. Now I'll never return. I'll be born into the past. I never, never coming home. Why did you separate me, me from the earth?